Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Shall we pray? Father, we're grateful unto you this morning. We know the fig tree may not blossom. There may not be animal in the style, the pen. But we know that your word is fruitful forever. Let your anointed word speak to us and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to consider Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. Briefly, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat also. Generous woman. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. We want to consider the little foxes that destroy the church, the ordained garden. We are still on the series of the ordained garden and uh, we started considering the second duty of loyalty which is to keep it and uh, one of the poignant points that was made was the fact that the church of God is not kept by angels the garden God created was supposed to be kept by man originally it was when Adam had sinned and fallen and was cast out that the Lord brought angels to secure the garden that man had refused to keep in the way God wanted him to keep with a double-edged sword. So, the truth of the matter is that the church of God collapses more in the hands of human beings or through the activities of human beings 
than the activities of spirits, demons. So there's a way to keep the church and there are little foxes that cause defect in the men that God has commissioned to take care of his church. We are co-laborers with Christ. So clearly in Genesis chapter 3 verse 22 to 24 we see that Adam lost the garden and the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us and to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So God is the first person who has communicated a human being from church. You can be sagged from church. Yes. Like God sagged Adam from the garden. In verse 24 says that because some people have not heard that people can be sagged from church. So he drove out the man. Were they in love? What, what did you read there? What's the phrase there? So he what? He drove out the man. You can be driven out of the church. Free alcohol. So he drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden. Cherubims. And a flaming sword. Which turned every way. To keep the way of the tree of life. So God brought cherubims and the flaming sword to keep the garden safe from a man who was destroying the garden. Hey! And I'm praying that nobody will be driven out of this church. But some people when they are in a church, by what they do against the Lord or against the instruction of God, the principles of God, they destroy the atmosphere. And so sometimes, even though God loves all human beings, he doesn't need some people around some of his projects. You may have started on the project, but if you keep changing, God will take you off. Like in a football match, there are players that start the game and they get changed. So some people get substituted because they have done so well. And uh, the game has been put to bed and we need to, I mean, preserve them and keep them fresh for next game. Some other people, too, we change them out of anger. Because they are causing us to lose the game. And I know some of you, when you are watching Ghana national team, there are players you wish to change if you were the coach. So, in the work of God, nobody is indispensable. And we have been given a task to perform. A charge to keep. To keep the garden. Adam, dress it and keep it. Chapter 2 verse 15. Dress it and keep it. And in keeping it, if you are not careful, some little, little foxes will cause some attitudinal breakdown. It will start as an attitude, then it will become a spiritual deficiency. So if you read Songs of Solomon chapter 2, verse number 15, it said, Take us the foxes, the little foxes, 
that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. When you have a church that is great going somewhere, it's a great church, it's a powerful church. What would destroy that church are not big foxes. Are not huge foxes. They are what? Little, little foxes. And the reason why we have to deal with the little, little foxes is because this garden has got nice grapes. Nice, pa. Nice testimonies. Don't we have them here? Anointing. When people are singing, you can see that this is anointing at work. When people are serving, doing different kind of, you see that there are fruits here. Testimonies of all kinds. All kinds of testimonies. So, if we don't take away, because the little foxes, they are target is the grapes. <laughs> the grape, the tender grapes is their target. And sometimes when they are attacking the grapes, they attack the grapes from different angles. They start by attacking the soil. Then by the time you know, they are eating the back of the grape. Then they go to the leaves. Then they go different, different things. So by the time you know, even if they don't get to eat the grapes, they will eat the plant in a way that it will not be able to bring out correct grapes. So you can see that in a church, in keeping the church, we have to deal with all elements that cause poison in the soil of the church. The same in your office. There are people who are poisonous to the atmosphere. Are you here now? And if you don't stop them and stop those attitudes, it becomes a political spirit in that atmosphere. And that destroys the productivity and the visible fruitfulness of that atmosphere. Somebody can just throw in something and then everybody goes gaga. And devil always has people like that in church. They are children of God, but devil finds a way to use them. Little foxes. Little foxes. So Adam in the garden was meant to keep the garden by going by certain principles. He allowed himself to be overtaken by certain things and then there was a problem. The Bible said that the serpent started speaking to Eve and eventually it ended up convincing Eve to eat the, the fruit that was in the midst of the garden and then Eve also passed on the fruit unto Adam. One of the reasons why we have to teach on loyalty because the whole thing is about loyalty is that this loyalty is contagious. When Eve ate the fruit, she now infested Adam with her disobedience. You to eat it. So if we don't curb this loyalty springing up, it will affect many people in the church. That's why we have to teach the signs of this loyalty and the dangers of this loyalty. And the importance of loyalty in everything we do. So the whole series is about loyalty. Ask somebody, are you loyal? And ask somebody, are you influencing someone in a positive way? Or it's in a negative way? Ask them the apple you are giving them. 
Is it helping them or is it destroying them? Because tell them that no matter what you do, you are offering some apple. And that apple can either build or kill. Hey. Once you are in the garden, you have an apple. <laughs> they had plenty fruit, plenty apples in the garden. So everyone will have an apple in the garden. As to whether your own is a poisonous one or is a life-giving one, we are yet to find. Find out. So disloyalty is very contagious. Well, Eve ate it and didn't, I mean, and out of a good heart. So sometimes when you are spreading disloyalty, you feel like you are doing the right thing. It's God teaching here. Through Francis Aubin. It's God saying something to you. Yeah. Sometimes when you are poisoning a system, you feel like you are saving lives. It's nice to give apple to the one you love. And you see, disloyalty, the first people disloyalty would disturb are your loved ones. People who love you and you love. You feel like sharing your pain and offense with them. And by the time you know, you have created offense and pain in them. But things do happen in church. And when you are trying to run away from whatever you feel may have hit you, you try to escape with a lot of people. Like Rahab, he said, when you can save my whole house. So, Eve gave the fruit to the one she loved. So, the people you are most likely to contaminate, defile, infest with your disloyalty are the ones closest to you and the ones who love you most. <laughs> I'm preaching. By the time you know, you didn't eat the fruit alone. You are passed it on to generations. Loved ones. So you see that Adam ate it and he also something. And disloyalty will make you feel something very spiritual. Look, look at verse number six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And when they ate. Look at what happened. What happened became spiritual. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were what? Naked. All this while. They were in a different realm. Their eyes were not open to their nakedness. But when they ate it, their eyes were opened. And they knew that they were naked. It was a spiritual thing that happened to them. When you catch the virus of disloyalty, your eyes will be opened in a negative way. Very negative. And you will see nakedness everywhere. Which you are not supposed to see. You will feel vulnerable, but you will feel like you are wise. So all disloyal people are vulnerable because they always die. They always die. Adam ate and he died the death. Yeah, he died the death. He said the day you eat it, you will die the death. It's a spiritual death. But you feel like I'm empowered. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. It might start as an attitude. But once it enters into you, it becomes a spirit that takes over you. That's why some people, no matter what they do, they can never be loyal. 
Because a spirit has taken. So when someone is complaining to you all the time, is feeding you with things that will make you disloyal, is introducing a spirit unto you. His or her bad attitude is introducing a spirit to you. So when you eat that fruit, you will not be normal again. And that spirit really downgrades the quality of your destiny. So we have to talk about disloyalty. And everyone in church must know the signs of disloyalty. The attitudes that show disloyalty. So that first of all, you will correct yourself when you start finding yourself in that mode. Then you can correct other people who try to get you into that mode. Then you can correct them from being in that mode themselves. Three-way affair. Yourself, you have a self-check. You check others from contaminating you. And you check them when they are on the wrong path. So how did Adam come to this level? Where he lost the garden, he was kicked out. And he lost his church, his inheritance. How did he get to this level? Number one, the first attitude that made Adam to lose the garden was passivity. Somebody say passivity. What is passivity? Passivity is showing apathy to whatever happens in church. What happens around you? I've seen it, I've not seen it. And I don't care spirit. You are passive. Passivity results in deterioration. Adam sat unconcerned until the serpent won over Eve for trouble. And it was the responsibility of Adam as the husband and the caretaker of the garden to ensure that whoever was talking to Eve was talking to Eve for the benefit of the garden. But Adam sat for the serpent to speak to Eve until Eve got corrupted. He was so passive. There are many husbands like that. Very passive. Many pastors like that. They are passive. Many church workers, church members, they are in the garden, but they are passive. There are things you have to check. There are things you have to be active with. You are either passive or you are active. Even in speakers' instrument, we have passive speakers, which are normally analog. And then we have active speakers, which are mostly the guitar. Hey. And you see, passive, eh? passive has a lot of enwura rubbish. They are mostly big, but they give small output. So when you see passive speakers and gadgets, there are wires everywhere. <laughs> Plenty wires. Most of the gadgets we use here are basically active. So an active speaker, an active gadget, you can have a stage box and everything is connected to it and you don't see much wires. Before you see in church, you see wires in front, everywhere, pass wires, passive. When people are passive, they need a lot of wires to function. You have to charge them here, put a cable here, put another one here, put another, put a bar. 
But if you are active, small push, and you are functioning, you function to perfection. If I'm preaching, say I'm preaching. So you see that in the world of technology, they are moving away gradually from passive gadgets to active gadgets. It's nice, pa. They are moving away from analog to digital. When you are passive in your ordained garden, you are uninterested. You are full of apathy to whatever is happening. You don't care. You have seen, but you have not seen. I'm not bothered about it. You have to be bothered. If you really are going to keep the garden, you have to be, you have to be bothered about what is happening to Eve. In the garden, because if you are not concerned about what is happening around you, eventually you will lose the garden. And his passivity brought his excommunication from the garden. He was sad. He lost the garden. May you never lose the church. May you not lose the garden. Shout a better amen. So there are people who come to church and they don't care what happens. Adam was supposed to exercise full authority over the activities of the serpent. And the woman, but he went into an autopilot mode. It was Adam's responsibility and authority to exercise control over the woman and then control over the activities of the serpent. The activities of the woman and the activities of the serpent. Not over the woman, but the activities of the woman. I know there are Francis, he says, so a man must control a woman, even though that's not what I'm saying. But as a leader, the bars stopped with him. Praise the Lord. So our ordained garden functions properly when we give extra care, attention, and work to two critical elements. Do what? When we pay attention to these two critical elements, the garden, our church, our ministry will function properly. And not paying attention to these two critical elements means that you are disloyal. That attitude of passivity makes you a disloyal person first before God. And then secondly, before the leadership of the church. Thirdly, before the church God has planted you into. So what are the two elements Adam was supposed to pay attention to and we are supposed to pay attention to in the church? Number one is subtle or deceitful characters. Subtle or deceitful characters. The serpent was, Bible said in verse 1 of chapter 3, that now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So they were grading the beast there. The one that was more subtle was the one that was most deceptive and the one that was most dangerous, not the lion. The serpent looked so feeble, but because of subtlety and deception, she was the most dangerous. You can't just look at people and say they are not dangerous. What is inside them and what they do, they spill out, shows whether they are dangerous or they are not dangerous. And as you see the serpent crawling on, on, on the floor, you might not know that there is a lot of venom in the, in the serpent. It crawls as if he's weak, but he's very dangerous. There are people crawling in our midst. 
As if they are, and a serpent is beautiful. When it's crawling, have you seen a lot of serpents? They have different colors. They change color when they are walking. So it's very romantic. But very dangerous. I don't know if God is talking to somebody here. So we pay critical attention to such characters in our midst. Deceitful, very subtle. He's talking to you and he's talking to somebody else. He's talking to you. You see that he's poisoning you against someone. Like the serpent came, he just started talking. Did God say this? Why is this fruit good and Adam has not brought it to you? Adam is bad. You are good. Take it and give it to Adam. And you upgrade. Very subtle people. If pastor is nice, why has he not attended to your problem? Am I God? Pastor is not good. Let's go to somewhere where the man of God will call us at midnight and pray with us. And so people can be here and they are already introducing you to some pastor somewhere, some ministry somewhere. Hey, you are subtle, Papa. Very deceptive. You come around and you say, Papa, Daddy, shut up with that Daddy there. And certain people, they don't use force and aggression. They use negotiation. Hey! Yeah, you see that the serpent is just talking. Did God say this? Why have you not looked at it this way? You know? Why? Maybe you could have seen it that way. These are the Very diplomatic, but dangerous. You'll be injecting you small, small. And they don't use one day. The Bible never told us. But whatever they are doing will blossom in a particular day. Very deceitful. Tell somebody, check who is talking to you. And, and tell them there are characters like this in our midst. Yeah. When people come to you with church matters, there are things that you don't allow. You have to pay extra care, attention and work on deceptive characters in the church. They try to make you lose your church. They will make sure that you don't keep the ministry God has given you. And outside the garden is suffering. Number two, the second element or thing we have to pay attention to. Hey, it's coming alive. Is it coming alive? Are weak people in the garden? What kind of people? Weak people in the garden. They are spiritually weak. Like Eve. So we have addressed the serpent. Second one is Eve. We need to pay attention to if you want the garden to function properly. They must be helped. Weak people, according to Apostle Paul says that those of us who are strong, we should help the weaker ones. Alright? They must be helped to mature in their decision making. If they are not helped, Satan will employ them through destructive and disloyal people hanging around. So there are people who are spiritually weak. And one of the ways to see people who are spiritually weak is to check their emotions sometimes. Yeah, people who are spiritually weak mostly express a very high level of emotional sensitivity. Because 
because one of the signs of your spiritual maturity is that you are able to use your faith to quench the wiles of the enemy that come against your head. When you are fully armored, you have your head cap on, your head gear on, your brain doesn't turn here and there. So when you are that emotionally, you are pliable. Serpent can just come and talk to you and then you go and it's like you have caught a new vision. You are very weak. You were very happy in this church. What an anointing in this church. I love daddy, brother. Then somebody comes to talk to you. And all of a sudden you have caught a virus. So when you come, you are looking at daddy. Hey, this one that he's been preaching. Is this, is this real anointing? What is this? So, well, well, hey, so, hey. Not all that glitters is what? Gold. Hey, so people are hypocrites. So it's impossible. That means which, you, you see that the devil is working on your mind. You are weak. Yeah, there are weak people. Anybody at all can influence them. They can be tossed by any wind of doctrine to and fro. Weak people. Those people, we must help them. So when you find them around you, they're always talking about church, talking about leadership, talking about things that will not plant you in where God has planted you. will take you out of the garden. When you see those weak people around, we have to help them. Tell somebody we have to help them. If we don't help them, the serpent, I'm not sure this is the first time the serpent is talking. If we don't help them, the serpent will employ them and deploy them. Yes, in the garden. To destroy. There are destructive elements. They will always be around. People closest to the leadership close to church, workforce, management and all of that. And there will be people, Judas is in there. One of you is a devil. Jesus said, he said, one of you is a devil. And he was talking to his disciples. That is all the time we will have destructive elements as if they have been planted by the devil here. And if we don't safeguard and mature weaker people in our midst, they will employ them against the church. They will just hang around you. So sometimes when new people come around, some people who are emotionally pliable and disloyal, when you see them hanging around, tell somebody, Pastor, you are too much of an executive pastor. You need to go down there. Yes, you, my sheep. The Bible says that do well to know the condition of your flock. Yeah, some people, they are, they are in our midst. We are tolerating them, but we know what is in them. They are very explosive. Some of them, we can't sack them now. But we have to manage them. And grow them to function for the Lord. Am I here at all? And in our quest of growing them, so if we are not careful, they would destroy too many people before we get there. <laughs> May you never be one of those weak people in Jesus' name. Yes. Is it a powerful word? Passivity. So if you are passive with deceptive and subtle people, trouble. If you are passive with weak people around you, when you weak people or new people come, you see them as weak. New, uh, newborn believers see them as weak. You understand? And then you build them with godly 
ideas and principles and empower them to serve the Lord in the Orden Garden. And new people come. You, are, you start in every house. There are good news and there are bad news. So one of the ways you see a disloyal person is that they fixate on the negatives in a place. So this one that you are going, be careful. They just, they just give you something to think about. Be careful about what? You are the one we should be careful about. Be careful about the pastor's wife. I don't know what pastor's wife did. <laughs> hey, they can really be at the at the end of the bullet. Maybe you think you should have been the wife. Weak people. So when people come into our team, serving into the church and all of that, we have to open our eyes. If you are passive, they will be employed and you will lose the garden. For some of us, our life is here. In Christ, our life is here. We are in Christ and we cannot be in the shrine. I can't be in some of the churches out there. I can't. This is where God has planted me. And I cannot be passive with things happening around. We have to be active. Tell somebody be active. Come on, tell two more people. Be active with this element around you. Because it's very important for the sustenance of your garden. Number two, what is the second attitude we should avoid in keeping the garden? The fear of nakedness. The fear of what? The fear of nakedness. In that same chapter 3, I mean from verse 6 to 9, the Bible said that when they had eaten the fruit, they, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat, verse 7, and the eyes of them were both open and they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. From there, they started running. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And when God asked them, where are you? They came out and they said that, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So the fear of nakedness is an attitude of disloyalty that will make you lose the ministry God has given you. And when we say the fear of nakedness, we are talking about the fear for shame. Many people lose their ministry in the church because they are afraid of the shame associated with the calling. If you are afraid of the shame associated with the calling, being a child of God, you will lose your ministry. You will lose the garden. You are afraid of nakedness. I'm not, Jesus was not afraid of nakedness. So he went to the cross. He finished his course. Paul was not afraid. Peter was not afraid. The disciples, they were not afraid. The moment you come to that point where you don't want anything to touch you, 
You become afraid of shame, embarrassment, nakedness. As I'm standing here now, I'm not afraid of any shame as far as this gospel is concerned. I can't be ashamed. I can't run away from the presence of the Lord. Adam ran away from the presence of the Lord for because of the fear that he was naked. So some people don't stay to work to keep the garden because of their fear for the shame that is associated with working for the Lord. And please, listen to the working for God and relating with people will inevitably bring shameful appearances to us. But this is what brings the glory as well. Yeah. The road to glory and power is through the path of shame in the name of Jesus. So if you are not ready to bear the shame of the cross, like Bible said, you cannot see the revelation of the glory. And until you are loyal to the shame of the cross, you cannot qualify for the glory of the post-cross life. So you need to embrace the shame. Tell somebody, embrace the shame of serving the Lord. Embrace the shame of nakedness. One more time. Tell somebody, embrace the shame of being in the garden of the Lord. Sometimes they will say, what, how old is the keeper's house? It's three and something, three years and something month. And you are in that church. You are older than the church. You are even older than the pastor. Why are you in that church? It looks shameful. Is that not so? But God has put you here. You cannot be ashamed of where God has put you. But if you are ashamed of where God has put you and you are afraid because other people, society and other people are concerned and all of that, you say, he heard the voice and he ran. <laughs> the voice of the one walking. So there are people who are going to be walking around you who will be calling you, Adam, where are you? I mean, the keeper's house, what a shame. What are you doing there? Were you not born into Catholic? Why, why, what are you doing there? Were you not born here? Jesus was born in a manger. Maybe we should call it the manger's house. <laughs> Romans 1.16 Romans 1.16 Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. of. If you are ashamed of the church, you are ashamed of Christ. You are ashamed of your ordained garden so you don't work. You see, passive people don't do anything. Naked, the fear of nakedness. If I get involved, something will happen. Maybe my character will explode. <laughs> Some people, they never get involved because they are afraid that their character will what? Explode. They have an explosive character. So they don't get involved. Get involved. Let your character explode and we'll work on it. We'll what? We'll work on it. Anything you are doing for God that you have fear for, it's not God. 
is the devil trying to make sure that you lose your place with God. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Romans 8 15. Watch this. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. It is bondage to fear in the first place. And it is not normal. It's a spirit arresting you. Don't, don't do anything here. What are you going to do there? It's not here. Just come when they close. Go. Don't show loyalty to the church. You there, you come, you worship, you go. No. If you get involved, shame will come because where you were, something happened and shame came and all of that. So what? We have had cars in an accident. Uh, don't you take car? When I'm traveling by air, I even forget that Boeing 737 mass has been falling. And some have been disappearing. But I have to travel. I'm here for a purpose. So I, I will travel. And uh, my safety is in the hands of God. Praise the Lord. And the spirit of bondage will arrest you. Through fear. We, but we have not received. You see, what you have not received that you are manifesting. It's a strange something. Is that also? It's strange. How you have, how you are manifesting what you have not received in the first place. It's very strange. That's, it's an external power having such an influence on you that is changing what is inside. It's changing your DNA. We cry our Father. Second Timothy 1 7. Very powerful. I'm just telling you that that fear that don't do the work of God. Don't be in the keepers. Don't get involved. Don't, don't, don't be loyal. Some people are afraid to be loyal. Loyal to God, loyal to the pastor, loyal to the church. Second Timothy 1 7. For God has not given us the spirit of what? Fear. So the fear of nakedness. The Lord asked Adam, Who said you are naked? Who told you? And so fear comes by what you keep hearing. So when somebody who is very destructive around is telling you this, telling you that, telling you this, telling you that, you now become afraid because you came with the heart to work for the Lord. But once they begin to tell you in the choir, no, they will not let you sing. They will, they, they, they know which people will sing. You will never sing. So you have the gift and ability to sing. You go and become an usher. Oh, you just sit. I, I won't do anything. You become passive. So I don't want trouble. There's too much gossip in the choir. How did you know? The person telling you, is he herself or himself not a gossip? How do you know of a gossip? When you, you have not encountered a gossip. He has not given us the spirit of fear. So tell somebody, God is not giving you this fear. This fear is not from God. Because you see, when you start feeling fear in your heart, you begin to think that maybe God is leading you. Yeah, God is directing you. Anytime I want to go and serve, there is this fear in my heart. It's like, that holds me. It's like God is restraining me. Some heaviness. I, I don't feel free. It's a spirit of bondage. And it didn't come from God. I have not given you the spirit of fear. What has God given you? What has he given you? Check the scripture. But I have given you what? Power. 
Somebody say power. Number two is what? Love. Number three is what? Sound mind. It's powerful. This is what God gave us. Power in the garden. Love in the garden. Sound mind in the garden. When people are telling you things that is taking your rest from you in the garden. It's not from God. People are making you hate working for the Lord in the garden. It's not from God. People are taking... When you catch fear, power has left you. Power has left you. You must push yourself to walk in this power. In love. And when we are working for the Lord, if we want to keep the garden... Oh, Adam has to love the trees and the animals to keep the garden. And have sound mind in doing so. And it is a measure of his power. Take dominion. You lose your grounds. So you are afraid. Nakedness. I'm afraid. Something will happen. Because something has happened before. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. You hear the Holy Spirit telling you that my son. Nothing will happen. How can something happen to you when you are doing the work of your father? How? How? And why are you scared? That, I mean, if you are doing the work of your father and shame comes, is it not glorious? It's glorious. That's why you have been here for more than a year and you have not found yourself in anything. See, you're afraid. You don't want trouble. No trouble, no testimony. Yes, Jesus brought trouble upon himself. Smile to me. Hey. Some things may have broken your heart somewhere. Some bad pastor. Bad church people. So when you even get into a good marriage, you treat the good person with a bad experience. And it's not fair. Is it fair? May the Lord help us here. Can I preach some more? Number three. So when you see me working here, I'm not afraid of the shame. That's why you see me, I'll be standing with some of the girls, some of the guys that people are afraid to stand with. And people are concerned. (laughs) Hey, I saw Jesus with Mary Magdalene. I'm not afraid. Yeah. I saw one girl came to church. She has sprayed her hair some serious color. I went to her and said, I like your hair. She was shocked. The pastor said, I like mine. He said, oh, my father Clark gave me money to cut it this way and spray it that way. I said, your father knows what's up. He knows things. He knows things, Papa. Hey, your father, he knows things. When you go, Chianumami. <laughs> I saw how the guy has been coming to church. That's because when people see somebody with some kind of hair, they don't know whether it's the devil who came. You, you want to braid your hair. Somebody wants to spray her hair. How does, how does spraying the hair, dyeing the hair, make somebody a demon? How? A spray makes somebody a demon. I'm not ashamed to cry. So when you see me hugging such a person, you say, hey, daddy. Because you, you have associated anyone who has dyed the hair to prostitution. But I don't see prostitute in them. 
Joshua told them, he said, go into the house of the prostitute and bring the woman out. Even if it's a prostitute, when you enter there, don't bring the prostitute out. Bring, there's a woman inside the prostitute. That's the one you should bring out. As you see me hugging them and relating with them, I'm bringing the preacher out of them. Hey! If you are born one, born three, come, I'm here. If you, the three children, different, different fathers, come, I'm here. Yes. Bring it out of them. You, you are afraid. Hey, Pastor Ogoni, hey, 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 am I glass or am I an egg? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number three. You lose the garden and it's a fox by hiding in the corners or sitting on the fence of the garden. When you hide in corners, Adam ran and hid in a corner. Verse 6 to 9 is there. He ran to hide. We heard your voice. Some people when they hear the voice of their pastor, they run. And God was the pastor of Adam in the garden. So we heard your voice and we hid ourselves. We ran. Adam, so I'll be looking for you. Where are you? You have gone to hide in the trees. Some people hide behind people. They hide behind their job. They hide behind their, their family, their child, their school. Their, you're always hiding behind something. And your hiding is making you sit on the fence. You will lose the garden. Sometimes you can be, you see, you can be physically in the garden. Adam was physically in the garden, but he had lost it. The physical excommunication was just a sign that he had already lost it in the spiritual place or spiritual realm. So some people can be here and the anointing here doesn't work for them. Because you are hiding in trees. When you hear the voice of the pastor, pastor say, let's come for workers' training. Oh, I don't want to be part of the way because they train too much. They like workers' training too much. Workers' meeting. They, they, they. When everybody is gone, they are still here. So you are hiding. And you are using your work to, who doesn't work here? <laughs> One pastor I met this week, he said, his people, they are not committed at all. He was talking to them. He said, go to the keeper's house. There are a lot of professionals there, but they are committed. He said, I've been Caning them with the keeper's house. I say, keep caning. So you work in the bank. Is that the reason why you shouldn't work for God? Is that the reason why we shouldn't have your loyalty? You will lose your garden. You will lose your ministry. You will lose your life. You are hiding in the trees. Hiding behind people. Hiding behind your wife. I just got married. Hiding, 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 hiding. And because of that, you are sitting on the fence. May you never lose that job in Jesus' name. Idleness. Very idle. Lack of, idleness means lack of participation and diligence. In the ordained garden God has given, everybody here must do something. Or you will lose it. Sometimes you are here, you think you are part of us, but you don't have any spiritual equity. In our midst. You are with us, but you have no inheritance. Yes, when you are sick, God forbid, there will not be any healing for you. Because you have not worked the garden. You have not worked. Look, do you know that in the Bible it says that the herbs, they were for their healing. 
So if you don't dress and keep the guard, when you are sick, what will heal you? Who should work for you to receive the leaves for your healing? In the spiritual place, there are no contribution, no trouble. If you sit on the fence, when it comes to the very serious critical time, there will not be grace to service your destiny. Shake somebody, say, don't be idle here. Stop hiding. Start doing something. Start doing something. God was chasing Adam. Adam was running. Some of you have been chasing you. You see me, you pray that I will never say join something. <laughs> join this, join this team. You see me, you see me, you see me. You are the one to run after me. Daddy, why are you useless in me? Why are you not using me? You are the one to come to me. I'm not the one to be chasing you. The fact that I'm chasing you means you have caught a virus. Hey, your pastor is chasing you for you to do the work for God. You have caught a virus and you are losing your place. But there is anointing here to bless you. May you never lose it in Jesus name. Adam ceased to work from the moment he ate the tree. He became preoccupied with guilt and other unnecessary things. Preoccupied. Preoccupation with unnecessary things. Guilt. is the reason why you are hiding. Saturday night when you go and do something you must not do. And when you come now, you don't feel empowered to work for the Lord. Hey. You know what you have gone to do. And that thing is playing on your mind. So you can't, you can't freely, you feel like I'm a hypocrite. It's like you are playing in between. I, I can see you. Guilt and unnecessary things. Tell somebody, cut it off. Final point. Number four, right? Excuses. As what? Excuses. Genesis 3, 11 to 13. This is how Adam lost the garden. And he said, Who told thee thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the trio, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Have you seen everybody shifting blame? Excuses is passing the burden of responsibilities to another person. In your ordained garden, be responsible for yourself. If you catch the spirit of excuses, excuses, everything you have explanation for why something bad has happened that you didn't fix in the first place. You will lose the garden. The man said it's a woman. The woman said it's a serpent. So whose fault? But you know what? God placed judgment on every one of them. The man got his own. 
The woman got his own. The serpent got his own. May you never come under judgment in Jesus' name. You can't have excuses and go scot-free. It's a very bad attitude. Yeah, very bad, very dangerous. You will lose it if you if God gives you a blessing and you embrace the spirit of excuses, you will lose it. Because you will never feel responsible for the maintenance and the growth of what God has given you. And this church, we have to maintain it and we have to grow it. Is God talking to somebody here? It's our duty to do so. That's why I'm talking about the second duty of what? Loyalty. We need to keep the church. And we can't keep it by raising excuses. The bathroom is not clean. Don't say somebody didn't come. You are there. We don't have enough people doing follow-up. And people are just coming and going, coming and going, coming and saying that, oh, the church now, they don't follow you. It's time for you to be following up somebody. We are not supposed to be following you up. He said, oh, I was sitting there. Is, is Eve didn't follow up well. It's a serpent that said we should go to disco. Instead of cell meeting. Instead of follow up. Hey, what kind of excuse is that? God said, okay, all three of you, you know, since you have excuses, they get out. Dangerous. Excuses, they are reason why people never heed to God's call. They never heed God's call. They never do what is expected of them. Because you always think that somebody else should do it. And you pass the burden. When it goes wrong, you pass the burden on another person in your office. When you think someone will do it and you never do it, it never gets done. Hello? It never gets done. So be active. Live above excuses. Don't be slothful. Don't be idle. Don't have excuses. Some people, they have a thousand tongues. They can always defend what they didn't do right. And there's always a good reason why they didn't do what they were supposed to do. It's not good. Look at somebody, ask them, are you, are you full of excuses? Why are you not working for the Lord? Why are you not a church worker? At this level, in your work with God, there shouldn't be any excuses. You should work. Work for the Lord. Some say, me, I can't be a pastor. Why are you, what can you be? What does it take to be a pastor? I can't be a lady pastor. No, 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 no. I can be anything. I can't be a pastor. You can't be. You will be. <laughs> you will be. You must be. You were born to be. Are you not in Jeremiah chapter 1? Before you were clothed of blood in your mother's womb. Did he not call you, ordain you, and anointed you as a prophet? Why are you trying to function as a banker only? But you love quoting the scriptures. Especially when you are offended by other people. You quote the scriptures unto them. And you can't preach about your faith. You will preach. Yes. Yes. When people do things against you, you say, touch no my anointed. Anointed only when people do things against you. But not doing the work of God. Hey! Tell somebody, keep it, keep it, keep the church. Don't lose the church. This is your ordained garden. Are you blessed this morning? Are you sure you are blessed? So what are the points? The point number one is what? Passivity. Number two is what? 
Inside the passivity, we have the subtility. Second point is what? Fear of what? Nakedness. Shame. Shame. Some people never even give testimony. And giving testimony is part of keeping and dressing the church. You have a testimony, you are sitting on it. Because you see that you, your hand will shake. Do you have Parkinson? If you have Parkinson, we'll hold the mic for you. It's not in your mouth. Come and dress the child. God gave you testimony. So that you overcome the devil in somebody's life. And you are sitting down. You are not beautiful. As if God is not good enough. But he's been good to you. Of recent time. And he needs that goodness to be broadcasted to somebody. Who feels like God is not good at all. But you are sitting there passive. Piling testimony upon testimony. What a joke. With excuses. That uh, I can't stand before people. I can't stand. Every day till you go to town. You even talk to people. When it comes to the work of God, you have excuses. You are hiding here and there. You are, you are, you are fearful, shame and nakedness. Ah, as I'm standing here, he, he, he. It's not stage fright. May you be blessed in Jesus' name. Tell somebody, I'm loyal to my ordained garden. Tell somebody, I'm very, very loyal to God, to my pastors, to my church. Is this our church? Are you sure it's our church? Is this our church? It's our church crowd. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service, 9.30 a.m. for the second service and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service and on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experience 